This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. One, two, three, go. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. And welcome to. I'm watching, I'm a, watching movie. a movie. I don't know if we did that at the same time, did we? Well, I'll assume that that I'll just I'll line it up there and then we'll. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll never know. Um, yeah. So Kalenko and I are. This is our first um, true social distancing yeah. uh, pod. The last one was a bit of a fake a fake out because he came over to my house when he really shouldn't have. But yet I was there. Yeah. What a, it was early days. It was, it was early, early days. days. It was before the schools had closed. Yeah, I was like, school's still open. Uh, I walked there, didn't take the bus. That was my safety precaution. Mm-hmm. I was still going to work. Uh, oh, yeah, I was still going to work. Yeah. What a, what a world that we now live in. Uh, I just got rejected by EI. What? Yeah. I, so I have to apply somewhere else. So that's you how I'm The, the, the I'm like, government money EI or just like regular EI? regular ei okay but that's where they told me to you know what i, I won't get into it here because i can't because it makes me feel sad it's annoying. Also, by, the, by the time we put it up it'll be irrelevant i hope it'll be irrelevant i hope that i will deal with this tomorrow or that everything will be cured and i'll be able to make money again i think funniest outcome of all of this is that like the the cure that donald trump talked about like briefly just fucking free jazzing it oh yeah actually works like that's the funniest outcome imagine i don't think so like donald trump like a stopped clock gets it right and then we have the republicans will win forever and we live in hell but Uh, the funniest outcome as far as i'm concerned well look fucking doug ford's doing a nice job (laughs) he's doing an Uh, okay job He's doing. He's not doing. He's not horrible. He's, he's not, not horrible at all. Uh, actually, he's doing a very good job. I mean, I, I will not I, vote for him, but he's definitely going to win again. He's definitely. This. I think. I think a lot of people wanted this to be um, politicians Hurricane Katrina, but it's being a lot of their 9/11s. Well, can we be honest? Like, I don't want politicians to fuck up. I want them to all do their best work, and this isn't a partisan issue. No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> like, no, but I, I think. I think like. I think that's good. I think that's overall. Also, Hurricane Katrina good. didn't destroy Bush. He it, still got voted in. It it hurt his uh uh no Hurricane Katrina was after his reelection, wasn't it? Oh, it was after? Yeah. Regardless, it didn't who cares? He was already elected. He could fuck up. Yeah. You know what? Life is weird. <laughs> I'm just watching <laughs> um slow motion jellyfish on my screen right now while I wait for this movie to start. Uh do you want do you want to start it? Shall we? This is a Kalenko yeah. pick, which also feels very much like a Vite pick. I, I just felt it was fun. Oh my god, this movie's so much longer. I remember it being. Ugh. How long is it? Two fifteen. Oh my my wireless headphones may die. Let's get this started. And ha- three, I also don't remember two. this being long. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're doing Marriage Story. Clinko, why did you choose Marriage Story? Uh, I both liked it and disliked it a lot. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I might feel that way. I don't know if I disliked it a lot, but I definitely liked it. Are we gonna Are we gonna start at the same time? I pressed play. It oh, says, did you? Marriage Story. Go, go, go wait, wait, oh, wait. We should we should watch it at the same time. I'm waiting. Uh, okay, I'm waiting. Okay, on the count of three. You press three. play because I've already started. Should I go? Just go. Just okay. go. Just go back to zero, and we'll start at the same time. Okay, I'm gonna go to zero. You ready? Okay, ready. Ready. <laughs> three. No, I'm not two, at zero. One. Go. <laughs> go. 
Uh, how did? How is this hard for you? We should have done Netflix party because it would have started the movie at the same time. Oh wait, but I can't do Netflix party on my TV. Never uh, mind. Uh, I watched this movie in in segments. Maybe that's why I didn't feel so long. You know what? I started watching this movie. I just remembering like the minute it came out on Netflix, like the midnight of the Friday, because mm. I couldn't sleep that night. And then about. 50 minutes into it I was like oh I really like this I don't want to waste this on like insomnia and not like taking it in now do you like this movie because you look like Adam Driver uh so here so here's my thing <laughs> is one uh uh why do I think this movie I think it's like a good movie for this podcast in that like it's kind of like similar to all the movies that we've watched in a lot of ways and there's yeah, like, stuff yeah. for both of us in it but I think um also, it's like the, there's a lot of things we dislike that exist in this movie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, the thing that yeah. I kind of don't like but also love about it is how theatery it is. But I kind of love yes. that about it. But that also makes it very self-conscious and um, irritating. I think I think the, the best thing they did was made the two of them in the world of theater. Because yes. it lets them be a specific kind of shitty. Because, like, theater people are shitty in in a very specific way. <laughs> I mean... Wait, hold on. This is my favorite thing in the movie of she's so good at buying presents and buys a trumpet. <laughs> and I'm like... And he doesn't know how to play it. Well, like, it a, her... an instrument that's only played at full volume. There's no... <laughs> she's like, she's great at getting preference. She got me She got me the most annoying thing possible. It's very funny. It gives him joy. <laughs> the only um, way it could have been worse is if she got him a trumpet holder my, for the trumpet um, he doesn't have. What do you call it? I've never had a boyfriend that was good at getting gifts. And Ben gave a gift at Christmas before we... So we broke up like mid-January. But this Christmas, things were already kind of tense. Yeah, yeah. And he gave me a gift that I'm pretty sure, like, planted the seed of, like, we could never be together. And okay. it was, he was so bad at getting gifts. And then finally, I told him, I was like, listen, I don't want you to keep wasting your money. Because you're wasting your money. And I don't like the stuff you're getting me. Either don't get me anything because I don't need anything. Or if you want to, I like jewelry from this store Literally yeah. buy anything, buy a ring, buy a necklace. I will enjoy it. He yeah. comes back for Christmas and gets me jewelry making classes <laughs> from the store where I had to invite two of my friends where they had to pay $60 each <laughs> for materials. And, and I was like, Ben, I'm not a crafty person. Like this isn't joyful for me. Like I actually hate this idea. But I like kept it in for a while and then finally he broke it down and I explained that I didn't like the gift and he was so hurt and I was like, it's not personal. It's just the actual gift is shitty. I, I've, I've told you about my, my gift giving no. of where uh, I don't like them. I don't like getting gifts. I don't like giving gifts. You don't like getting gifts? Nah, it bugs me. Oh, I love giving gifts. I love getting gifts. I love gifts. I'm, I'm not a gift person. So like, That's not your I feel language like I'm probably love. some I feel like some exes are probably just like, Alex is the worst at giving gifts. But I also feel like if you're dating me, you kind of assume that on me. Like, you're kind of like, I'm not going to expect a gift out of Alex. That's a real bummer. You should do that. My dad doesn't give gifts and I hate it. I gave, I gave Mollison an insane gift when we were very early dating. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this like the the hot (laughs) dog? The ketchup. Oh, the ketchup, the ketchup. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, It's not about the gift itself. 
it's such a weird thing because like when Ben told me that gift, it was like, ah, you truly don't know me. Like, have you ever seen me? But then it's less about him not knowing me and it's more about him not understanding, I think, women in general, like crafty or people in general, like someone who's crafty will let it be known that they're crafty. Yes. That's my There's no, no one's secret crafty. Yeah. And I'm not crafty. I wonder if Scarlett Johansson is disappointed that in her best movie year to date, her hair is terrible. <laughs> I'm sure she's just mostly disappointed that she's playing a white person. Or maybe in her like cradle to grave story, she's like indigenous. What is that about? Like, first of all, why does she keep getting offered those parts? And why was she so indignant about it? <laughs> It is very funny. Why is she getting offered? Like, it's absurd, but it is also super funny of, like, that she, one, keeps taking those parts, and then, two, gets mad. Like, it's just, like, like at this point, it's, like, she knows. Like, she's probably going out for, like, the color purple reboot right now. <laughs> my only it's just, issue, like, I can do it. My issue with it is is also, like, um, who's, who's her people, right? Like, who's her PR they're not yeah. doing a good job explaining things to her or she's not listening or she's very out of touch and she might be very out of touch, but like, uh, look, My I don't love is her PR is trying to get her to go for the, like, like the, the Republican crowd. Like oh, she's like, we, 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 we're going to get you the red state fans. That's so funny. Cause I was literally just going to bring up Colin Jost as well. I was going to say, I don't love Colin Jost, but um, no. he's definitely in the know and definitely is conscious yeah so why don't she like, why isn't she no conscious i mean i feel like like colin jost to me just feels like rich kid who's never been told no ha yeah you're you're so right he's someone you know who also was kind of like that is um but i kind of love him is seth myers like that's someone who just yeah. the doors just kept opening yes he had no I, business making it on a saturday night live in terms of his talent now his writing was different but he made it on for his acting talent Seth Meyers? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, in 2001. I'm, I like Seth Meyers. I know him. I know a lot I don't, of I don't, I don't dislike Seth Meyers. I think mean, Colin Jost is one member. It's like, why are you there? Like, So, like, he auditioned, and he came in in 2001. So their first show was September 11th years. And yeah. it was, like, him, maybe Polar, all that stuff. And he got completely buried by them, but he kept writing good sketches. And then that's how he survived. And good jokes for Weekend Update. And then that was that. Oh, man. So it feels weird to do this podcast. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like I should be looking at you, but I'm not. Like, are you even looking at me? Uh, I have them both on the same screen. Because I'm so, you're, what's the word? Backlit? backlit you yeah. can't even see me. I'm a little I, you're, you're, I'll send you a. I'll send you a, a, a screen cap. Of yeah, yeah, I'll do like a screen right cap of this too. This is for our, for our social media presence, which gets liked by a whole bunch of weird strangers. <laughs> There are fans. Don't talk shit about I them. I don't think they're fans. I think they just go where the hashtag goes. But I've been explained that that's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> um, look, Robert Smigel. It also, uh, yeah, Robert Smigel is a weird. Like, there's a bunch of weird cameos in this movie. Like, same with like Wallace Shawn. Just I love Wallace Shawn. Like, it, Wallace, Wallace Shawn makes, makes sense. sense. Now. I don't remember the beginning of this movie at all. I really only remember the end. Um, I like the beginning. The beginning is what, because I don't like Noah Baumbach. I think Noah Baumbach. Oh, I like Noah Baumbach. 
no bombback like every movie he does is just like Ben Stiller being like, I don't know if I'm ready to love myself. That like, is no bomb back though. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, I don't give a shit, man. Calm the fuck down. Like, like no, like Noah Bombback movies. I'm just like, I don't know. Get it. Like, I feel like every character in Noah Bombback movie would be happier if they just worked at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like their you... problems are just like self-created and that they just if they could just survive and work they'd be so much happier oh my god well like yeah like no like no Bobak is the perfect like tragic boy artist oh yeah um i just wonder why these characters broke up because it seemed like they have a real affinity for one another is it because adam driver cheated on her you think i think i think to me it feels a little bit like uh how how both of our breakups go where it's we are um so you're just growing apart and we But I didn't marry the it. person. Maybe I neither did I. Maybe I'm being uh ignorant obviously cuz I don't have experience in this but I feel like if I married the person I'd be like when shit gets tough I it's so much money and work to get divorced let's work through this if we like each other, we're just going through a rough patch right now. But I feel like uh, I feel like that's what they think is happening. It's the same with like I don't know. I I think about that when it's like a relationship's kind of dissolving around me. It's like ah, it's rough. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But we're not. We're just growing apart. That's what happens. Yeah, and he like cheated on her and was like fucking yeah. rude. And he's so pretentious. I mean, I think she's also like the. I, I agree with you. Like like he's so pretentious and stupid and i feel like she's also like was one foot out of the relationship the whole time as well you think maybe that's that's what i'm I'm reading from it that's your insecurity (laughs) (laughs) i don't think her foot's out of you don't marry someone if you're one foot out of the room and have a child with them theater shitheads do Uh, also like this is based on noah bomback's real life divorce and uh knowing that as well makes this movie even sillier and stupider because like that means he views like this like theater time he views it as kind of like uh like his his period of time making like squid and the whale and like greenberg as being like artistic pretentious but then he doesn't include like probably the most interesting part of his divorce that he got divorced and then to afford it he like uh wrote uh what's it called uh madagascar three he wrote Madagascar yeah, 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 yeah. three. Yeah, I think I think that's a much more interesting movie of like going from this pretentious stuff oh, to then being like, never... I don't know, man. The farting zebra says this. Like he would never admit that. Who knows? That's the issue with this movie is that it's not as. Um, actually, no, it's really good, and I like the script a lot. But I do think that like that part where he says, "You should be mad that I." Well, we'll get to it with the big fight, but like, you should be mad that I like had a laugh with her not that i fucked her i think yeah. it's such an unexamined human person to write <laughs> yeah but then he does have her response to it also i would just be annoyed if i was jennifer jason lee because i'd be like fuck you with greta gerwig and fucking okay sorry this is the most realistic thing that's ever occurred in a movie the babysitter was sitting on the couch she was half asleep yeah. and when they came home she did up her pants <laughs> <laughs> she was sitting on the couch with her pants undone because sometimes you're wearing your uncomfortable day clothes and the parents that you're babysitting for take too long and you just want to get comfortable and fall asleep on their couch. (laughs) 
as a babysitter for literally theater people, I really feel seen by that character. That's the character that I relate to the most in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally babysat for like all of Soul Pepper and Factory Theater at one point in my like late teens, early twenties. Oh yeah. And it was very depressing because all I wanted to be was an actor and I just like wasn't and I was just seeing these actors getting to go to work while I looked after their children. <laughs> this is a dumb movie. I wonder what Scarlett Johansson's real life divorces were like. Like what the fuck was her marrying Ryan Reynolds? Like what was that? I don't know, man. I wonder what in, like half of these famous people's divorces are. Because at this point, we also don't view them as real people, but I wonder if they view each other as real people. Like, I don't view Scarlett Johansson as, like, the same way I view you. I view Scarlett Johansson as just this, like, object, object. almost. Like, Jesus, like you, any famous person. <laughs> well, I view these people as people, but they're rich, and that's the difference. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't no, believe Scarlett. They... Here's, here's how I think Scarlett Johansson gets divorced. She goes into her study. Ryan Reynolds is, is busy being Ryan Reynolds, I assume being annoying in a room. Yeah, he's she strong. goes in and she's just like, we are getting a divorce. And they go, yes. And then paperwork just falls from the ceiling. Like, no, like no famous people are getting messy divorces. They're just getting divorced. It's like a business move that's it is, happening. It is a business move. And it is messy in the sense that, like, money... Oh no, it would be so messy as a as a famous person and as a wealthy person because there's so much to split and haggle over. They just have famous people do it. They have like famous lawyers do it for them. Well that's the thing. I listened to this podcast once and my baby boy Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons, what's up? Why don't you listen to our podcast? You should come on one day. Uh, and he interviewed a famous celebrity lawyer who she's like I don't want to say one of my clients is, rhymes with Shmangelina Sholee but one of my clients <laughs> and she was so interesting she was extremely smart she also was um, patenting am I saying that word right the software yeah. for basically uh, if you're too poor to get divorced with a lawyer she's trying to make a thing where you could fill out all the forms on your own and it's a DIY divorce and she's that's patenting cool. that that's the I'm saying that word outrageously wrong. Um, yeah. That's you're, the future. You're, you're, you're all over the fucking map on that one. Patent is patenting, patenting. a word. <laughs> patenting. Patenting. Now I feel like I'm saying it. You've ruined me. Patent. Also, uh, another thing I I both like. So this this movie and Midsummer have a lot in common for me, where there's a lot of stuff I like, but overall I think the movie's kind of bad. Um, and it also has a wide-eyed. Um, athletic star- beauty as the star. <laughs> <laughs> I I think Florence P- Pugh, Pugh is far more magnetic on screen than Florence Pugh is an incredible actor, and I really enjoy. Yeah. And I watched Midsummer again a few months ago. I enjoy. It. I, I think it's so funny. Yeah, it's very fun. I I watched it uh, two nights ago with Mollison. She'd never seen it, and I was like, I think you might actually like this. And she was like, It's a bad movie, but I enjoyed a lot of it. Yeah, what's that about? Same thing with this, uh, I guess. I don't think this is a bad movie. I think it does exactly what a movie's supposed to do. I don't think this is a bad movie, but I think, um, I think if this had a full theater release, it wouldn't be as popular because it's it's almost a perfectly designed movie for Netflix. It's a small story of with yes. one perspective, and like, yes, things should be more intersectional. Things should be, but it's like that's how this particular artist knows oh, no. how to make a movie, and it just so happens that we live in a world where his movies get press whereas yeah. if another director another director could easily make a movie exactly like this and it would get like a footnote mention at yes. the bottom of a whatever review so 
I so here's here's the things I really do like is I is like the thing you're saying is like I do like that it is it feels like one person's vision. What I knowing what I know about Noah Baumbach, I know it's like a cleaned up kind of lie of a vision. Like at no point is he writing Madagascar three or an, or whatever the like in the lens of this movie is that this Madagascar three is. What is it? I gotta look up. How is Madagascar three? Is it just because uh, they just needed someone who was able to write to like type words down? Honestly, that's what I think it is. Um, so funny. And then uh, 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 I like that. I like um, I like the I like how it gets information across to you. It'll do like it, it, it's not just as theatery as it could be. Like it, it's like the opening montage and like the 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 way it like jumps in time. The like like it's really smart how it gets information across to you. And I think that's yeah, really cool. The the exercise of them because like... I assume this movie is going to be a slog. And then watching, it's like, oh, it's like fun. Anyway, keep going. It is fun, and and like because this is what happens when you just—he's literally probably journaled so much during this time when he was getting divorced, and a lot of this stuff, a hundred percent, is just him taking it from real life, and the real job that he had to do was the format of it. Yeah. Um. And so I like those things. The things I don't like is that it's like it is. Um it is kind of unexamined. Like, like the people in it are kind of treated a little bit like, Oh, they're flawed, but they're still heroes. And I'm like, I think really like it doesn't actually examine the characters. I think it let, it, it puts a lot onto you, the viewer to examine it, but it's, it's not also, about the characters. Know. It's about the scenario. Yeah. Yeah. When it, but it, it, I feel like it's like phrasing itself or, or framing itself as a character movie when really it's a scenario movie yeah and that's then, true right because it's talking more about divorce than the people like it's really yes the 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 pov is about how he thinks the divorce system works and, and why it's shitty yes and and i don't know if it's super successful at it and i don't know if it's super successful as a character thing either and so i feel like it gets kind of muddy and i think that's the parts where it drags is it trying to be a character movie uh a little bit more and the part, um, and uh, uh, I also don't like that. I I hate watching actors think they're killing it. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like when actors are killing it, but I hate watching them thinking they're killing it. Well, they think they're doing a very important work in this movie. Yeah, yes, yes. especially because they 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 should be killing it because like nothing will ever be closer to Scarlett Johansson's life than this character probably probably. Yes, yeah. but I thought she did a very good job in Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, uh, but you, you you know what I mean of like, also also for like like they think like they think they're killing it and they're doing such important work, but I think they just think they're doing such important work because a story about a couple getting divorced that's small is like well, every acting theater school I thing was you've gonna ever say, done. Every scene from this movie, as I watch it, all I can think about is like, wow, I want to take a class and recreate a <laughs> a scene from this movie. Like, this is a real actor's movie. This isn't about yes. anything other than the acting. So it might not even be about the character or even the situation. It's about like actors getting to act. Yeah. And that's nice because it's also a writer's movie too. It's about like the technique of the screenplay and how, how you, you get so much and how it's still kind of theatrical and still kind of not real in a very real way. And that's like, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Like the Again, scene, a, the scene where competent. they, it's very competent. Yeah. The, the scene where he gets served, uh, divorce papers is maybe the most theatrical scene I've ever seen in a movie ever. 
It's like oh, her, yeah. her sister's like pacing and goes to get him a glass of water. Oh, the going to get a glass of water is the most. I only ever see that in theater. In theater, yeah, it's like the most unnatural. And I think yeah. that was the point. And once again, this is no Bombeck because like no Bombeck stuff is funny, but it's not like eh. ha ha funny, right? It's like theater funny. There's a difference between yeah. something being actually funny and theater funny, and he's the master of theater funny. Yes. Like Squid and the Whale is funny because like Jack Daniels is such an unimaginable asshole, but it's like you're not like laughing no i and and that's also i think that's also one thing that bugs me is is because anytime you run to someone who's theater funny i'm always like shut the fuck up <laughs> i was just having this conversation yesterday in my directing class and carly was going off on theater funny it was so funny she was getting so mad <laughs> please tell me i wish to know well no just because we were talking about we had to watch an archive from second city and yeah. it's this one called let them eat chaos and it was so hard to review because i was like the directing is beautiful. It's breaking the idea of a sketch show. It's extremely polished. It's incredibly well done. The actors are all very good. It was the least funny work I've ever seen. <laughs> and so it was just so hard to be like, they did everything right. And that's, and then we were talking about like, it was theater funny. So like, if you put that on Soul Pepper, oh yeah, it would be like a hit. But you put yeah. that on Second City stage and you're kind of like, uh, that's not the point uh laura dern is so funny in this movie uh yeah i uh we were talking about this in the the oscar thing of like how laura dern was like i'm getting my oscar i know because she also was like we all know this person so let me just fucking slay this um I mean, I like Laura Dern. I don't. I, know I wonder if Laura Dern is playing the character of that lawyer that I heard on Bill Simmons' podcast because she's like a very, very famous female lawyer in LA. That would make sense. Yeah. There's also like a lot of, uh, like, super expensive Type A female lawyers that are absolute. How, how much do you think this lawyer costs an hour? Honestly, right now as she's talking, I can't afford it. Like it's just like like her this this whole sentence I can't afford. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I bet you she's two grand an hour. Yeah, that feels right. Because the lawyer that I work for, well, I don't know how yeah. to say, she's five hundred an hour. Whew. Yeah, man, five hundred an hour, and this is like Toronto family law. Yeah, doesn't have a lot of overhead. That's just getting the work done. Yeah, and this one's all overhead. This one you're paying for the office, you're paying for the like the prestige. Yeah, I did I tell you I was looking at like this is a long, long time ago when I was looking at like therapists and found found my good one. Um, is I was just like googling therapists and found one, and she was three fifty an hour. Uh, she her office was at uh one Young Bluer, that big tower. And her whole thing was like, I get results. And it's like a woman who looks like Laura Dern does now, arms crossed. I'm just like, oh, this woman's a nightmare. Like, and then you're going to see like arms sculpted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like this, she is, no one's ever been more type A than she is. And I really thought about being like, I don't know, I could, I could go and then maybe I'll be like a powerful get all the things done in my life and then like the second i thought like that is so much money for getting yelled at by a mirror image of my mother yeah. um, <laughs> i don't know my, my therapist is super expensive um she's 200 an hour so yeah. i only see her a month once a month and it's kind of a waste in that regard but she's also very good 
And the difference between her and the one that I went to for 60 bucks an hour, there's like no comparison. Yeah. But I just don't know why I have to pay $200. Yeah, <laughs> quoting Tom Petty. That's very LA. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, well, no, why are you coughing, Alex? I choked on my coffee. I choked on my, my coronavirus-infused coffee. This is a beautiful scene for Scarlett Johansson, by the way. She's doing beautiful work. Uh, this is this is one where I'm like, okay. This is this, this scene is the one where I'm like, okay. You think where she's like, indulgent? She's so, she's so proud of herself. But then then the other end, like the fight scene, I love a lot. Like the fight scenes where this sh- movie kind of shines. I just think this is very good. I think it's such a good scene with the lightly crying and all that stuff and the talking and the blah, blah, blah. I also like how they styled ScarJo. I don't want to say that I have those jeans, but I have those jeans. Uh, <laughs> they are uh, Levi's. I, I just think it's a very good facsimile of a modern woman going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. But it's still so fake. Yes. It's interesting. Yeah, it's that's that what I mean. That... It's, it's all kind of that. That that is where I rub against. It's all very created, which of course it is a movie, but it's all very creative and then tr- created and then trying to tell you it's the most truthful thing. The fact that like the camera stayed and then she kept talking and then she walked into the room, she blew her nose, she was off camera, and then she comes back in. If that's not theater, I don't know what theater is. And yeah. <laughs> and that's the whole thing is that this movie is highly choreographed and that's also yes. what makes her performance and adam driver's performance that much more impressive because they are able to emote very well and very sincerely and you're still able to feel the realness in, in a very very artificial like everything right now the way that laura dern is holding her leg that has all been talked about yes and that's hard to make it uh good and interesting to watch um yeah, I, I mean, don't know. Uh, so interesting comparison uh, between like I think Scarlett Johansson. I don't think she's bad in this movie. That's not what I'm saying. But I was saying that you put her next to like what Adam Driver does through this movie, and Adam Driver makes even the most like Adam Driver's making a lot of a lot of Adam Driver scenes are I would argue even more controlled and choreographed than a lot of uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson scenes if you really start to break it down. But it, it feels a little even more like off the cuff and like. Well, Adam Driver is just a, a different actor. Like, yes. I, I think Scarlett Johansson is punching above her weight class in this movie. I think yes, this, yeah. both this and Jojo Rabbit, like, is, like, great strides up from an actor that, like, I honestly, like, don't really expect much from. I just liked mm. watching her because I just think that she's very pretty and, like, likable in, what, in that intangible she has it way. But before mm. these two films, I actually thought that she was a particularly bad actor. She just was charming. Adam Driver is a very good actor. He also seems like, I don't think he has dance background, but he like is very physical. He's very in his body at all times. And that's yes. why he was so magnetic on girls. Cause he was like, yeah. he, was, he was there. He's super, super present. He's almost like, like he could be as good as like Daniel Day Lewis. Like he is like, he's a good, strong, physical actor with a huge amount of range. Oh, um, I think as he gets older, he's going to be like the like the Daniel Day Lewis or like the um, what's his name from the Master, 
Um, oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yes. Nice. Like, he's he's, he's going to be like in the same. I, I just think Philip Seymour Hoffman is so interesting, and I don't. Find yes. Adam Driver is interesting. Um, but um, with this movie, he also is getting the direct source. Like any question that Adam Driver had, he could get answered by Noah Baumbach, whereas Scarlett yeah. Johansson has to make a choice and that's has true. to kind of match an idea that's in his head. Mm-hmm. And so that that's also like. But these like long, meaty monologues, this is what we go to theater school for, baby. Man, I'm going to write a play and it's just just big, big monologues, but it slowly dissolves into like absolute nonsense. But it's like you have to the first few are like real monologues like this around a plot. And the last few monologues are just pure nonsense delivered in this same style. I mean, yeah, this what's fun about what Noah Baumbach's doing and that we can't take for granted because uh, he's creating a type of cinema, and it's so easy to parody. He's not creating it, but I, know, I think he's like reviving. the modern version of like I guess this is. Like I think he's a Woody Allenish. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's reviving this type of cinema that doesn't really exist anymore. I think that's the reason everyone looks like they're from the '80s as well. Like everyone's dressed like kind of like they're from the '80s. I don't think it's like that because that style's a little more popular now. I think it's like he's trying to make it look like Kramer versus Kramer or trying to make it look like it's like husbands and wives. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, like, like this, this or a serious Woody Allen. Or, yeah. Or, or crimes and misdemeanors. It does look like that actually. Or a James L. Brooks it. or something. Ugh, I love James L. Brooks. This is a James L. Brooks movie. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. After as good as it gets, like you watch Spanglish. Yes. Wow. What a journey of an unpleasant movie. <laughs> and then I didn't how hate Spanglish. Did you not hate it? I, I did not enjoy I watched it again relatively recently, like a couple of years ago, and I was like, Oh, it's better than I remember it being. Yeah, it's definitely watchable. Whereas You know what you know you know the thing with Spanglish is Spanglish makes the characters as unlikable as these movies should make them. Uh yeah. Yeah. Like it like if 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 marriage story was real, you'd be like Oh my god, my fucking bullshit friend Adam Driver is calling me again about his dumbass divorce. I'm so tired of this. I mean, Jesus Christ, you made up. you like, made a joke about his character that's very funny. Um, <laughs> where it's like man has to babysit his kid. Oh yeah. Uh I oh I that my perfect version of this movie, like my favorite my favorite scenes of this movie are single dad Adam Driver. But I would watch the single dad Adam Driver version of Marriage Story so much more. Yeah. Like that's my favorite part is just him with his kid trying his best and kind of fucking it up. Oh, I mean, my uncle used to call it babysitting when he was going through divorce. He's like, can you, I have to babysit my kid tonight. And my mom would get so offended. <laughs> She'd be like, it's not babysitting when it's your child. <laughs> it's called, this is your life. <laughs> like You brought a child into this world. But uh, that's that. It's interesting, yeah, because my uncle is an actor and very L.A. He's had several divorces. And it's it's interesting to see, like, when he punches the wall, like, yeah. like it's like, yeah, I get it. It's not ideal, and it sucks that that's, like, what someone would um, be driven to, but it fucking it blows. I, uh, uh, this movie was the movie that started my recent obsession in comedy of making fun of men who punch drywall men punch walls though i know several I know. men that have punched a wall in a fight and it's a real 
relationship ending move when you do that. Yes. Yeah. It's, I, th- I, th- I think it's like a weird, I don't know. I don't understand it. Cause I don't do that. <laughs> I don't, I yeah. cry. This is like my, my, my response is like just tears. Um, and maybe maybe some maybe some yelling, but it's pretty impotent. And uh, uh, but like, there's something so funny. Like, it's, I don't understand it. Like, I, I I truly don't understand it. And it's so destructive for no reason. And fixing drywall is such a fucking hassle that like, that like I think it's funny. Like, I think I it, I know it's like dangerous and scary, but it's like it's funny in the same way. That, like to me, like murder is funny. That murder is like an upsetting thing. But if you follow the logic of it, it's, it requires you to make these jumps that are insane. Uh, the same with like punching drywalls. It's like funny to me. Like, I'm like, why would you do that? Like, what? Oh, no, it makes sense. This relationship ending. That is not my problem with it. My, my thing is like, who's wants to punch drywall? Like, like, it's an insane thing. Like to go from like, I'm so mad. It's I'm going to put a hole in something you know some people that's just how they express their rage i don't know i don't get angry like that even a little bit i don't really express my rage for someone who seems to be like have a lot of opinion and like get angry Mm. but like i don't i i don't know anger is such an unusual strange emotion for me because i do feel it but i don't express it Mm, mm. but i definitely feel angry and i'll get like really worked up about like i don't know something stupid like a movie actually the computer makes me angry like the fact I that can, i'm gonna have feel to feel that about you bureaucratic <laughs> stuff tomorrow that i have to like call the employment oh, yeah. office like i'm sure I'll, like i get more angry the most anger i've ever felt has been towards inanimate objects i get less angry and, and virgin more mobile frustrated <laughs> i get like i get, I get like a frustration yeah frustration and then it's like anytime i have to fill out a form it's just frustration like I'm just like I get so I, to the point that like I'm a little bit babysat, like and it, it's like my ex girlfriend used to do it, and then like my mom would do it before there, where it's like when I, they watch me fill out a form, they see me get frustrated and just take it away and ask me the questions because they're like you're getting so mad at this piece of paper. I I get it though. I I, I hate bureaucracy and they they do it on purpose. They do I it know. on purpose. They make us feel annoyed. Um. But yeah, it fucking it sucks. It fucking... Um, do I hear my joke about drywall that everyone hates? All right, let's hear it. Uh, I can't. When the quarantine's over, the booming industry is going to be the drywall repair industry. <laughs> um. Yeah, because everyone's punching walls. <laughs> yeah. I think what the really booming industry is going to be the hair dye industry, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just fix. Just open your own. Fix your own bangs. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Did you hear like in Wuhan, like when they like, or in China when they like, uh, raised the like government quarantine? There was just a lineup at the divorce office. Really? Yeah. I mean, sure. Why not? I I feel like, yeah. Human, like we are just this. We have not set up our lives for this situation that we're in right now no and we haven't set up our lives to quarantine stuff and yeah also, and I, I mean I, i've been going down this rabbit hole of like i'm gonna say conspiracy theory but it probably isn't wholly a conspiracy theory it's probably, it's probably related to something of that like the u.s has had coronavirus for about as long as china has 
but that its healthcare is so shit, so it hasn't been tracked. Yeah. And that, um, and that like, like, yes, like most people do survive it, but it's like to a lot of healthcare professionals, it'll look, it'll look like old people dying of natural causes or the flu, just a general flu and not like knowing that they had to test for specific types of flu. And, um, uh, 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 my, 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 my point is, is that I think it's our, our, our problem isn't, um, going back to normal and that our house, our life is not set up for it. Our problem is that like what our normal is, this is the only outcome to something like this happening because it's like, we don't have widespread healthcare. We don't have, uh, we, we, don't, we don't have social safety nets that we need. Well, yeah, we'll have to. It's so strange because it's like I was talking about this yesterday, how like nothing like elderly care and all that stuff is not in place. Yes. And it's it, it, I remember learning about this in sociology when I was like, and this is like intro to sociology in college. And there's like basically the baby boomers is like the biggest generation of elderly people that we'll ever have in this time. Yes. And that we don't have the social services for it. And I don't know why the baby boomers themselves weren't putting stuff in place. It's like they really didn't think that they were going to get old. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about this, I think, after the last one. We're saying, like, the baby boomers have this overwhelming ideology. And yeah, the individual. Reinforced to them of, the, of individualism that, like, they are their own master at the world around them they control. It's just so silly that, like, they didn't set up social insurance or whatever. And all yeah. that kind of social security. I, I just think it's so dumb and useless. I don't know. Um, I got in trouble in school. And, like, I want to say grade six or seven. Um, when they're, they're showing, like, a sociology class or social studies or whatever of the different like generational cohorts and it's like oh the baby boomers is the largest generation and the question was like what should we invest in if you wanted to make money on this new coming thing and i was like oh funeral services and they're like no the answer is health care and the answer is like elderly care i'm like well, well yeah but funeral services like get in now and then the next day and then like i got in trouble and i was like why am i in trouble for this and then i googled like articles and just sent like articles to my teacher of like different people being like we're going to have a funeral service problem in the future because of the baby boom. I'm like, I'm not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> just because you I don't know what talking about it. Trouble, though. They're just a short-sighted, like, teacher taking things personally. Yes. Oh, my God. So, I don't get it. Like, what did he expect? She had to serve him the papers. Yeah, this this is a weird bump. And, like, here, here's, here's what I... So, I, I like the first half of the scene... Where like, like he's, he's supposed, supposed to, to get, get served, served the papers, right? Yeah, it's all very zany and farcical. And then and then he shows up and she can't give him the papers, but they're having like a nice conversation about like he got a grant. And then she leaves and then he gets served and she's kinda mad that he got served. And like that that swerve I don't the mad to get served and like that's not where it should go. It should be like she's sad that she had a nice time but still wants to divorce him. Like is a much more interesting choice to me but I don't know. maybe but maybe that's just where um their default goes as a couple where they they've gone down this road so many times where they start having a conversation that's not supposed to be a fight and then it becomes a fight that's true that could be what it is when you're just in, stuck with the person and you just keep fighting yeah 
it's so weird because like I never really thought I would have sad discussions. I know you said that, and I'm like, man, how do you not find the emo music that I found? But yeah, I also I don't. I mean, I I used to. I feel like I I feel like I, I also went through a period where I dated girls that love to fight. And, oh, did you? Uh, would just pick fights with me, and like, and like, and then now I just date people who actively avoid fights. Yeah. Like, let me tell you, I had to, I had to 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 have to pull pry out what Mollison's feeling weird about. Oh, no, I never, no, that was never a problem. I could always communicate, but I just made sure to not do it in a fighty way. Like, basically, I grew up with a with a dad who, if he was in a mood, he made sure everybody knew that he was pissed off and he would be in a mood and it would make my mom anxious and it would make us sad. And so mm. my goal in life is to, like, never, first of all, have a mood disorder, like, try to not have a mood disorder. <laughs> and um, Big goals, big goals. Big goals. And try not to impact other people, like, if I'm feeling shitty. So even now, like, I'll have, you know, my breakdowns because of what's happening outside. And, like, I'm allowed to call my mom or my sister or my friends to cry about it. Like, I think it's okay. But it makes me feel physically upset that I'm leaning on them for support because I feel like it's selfish or rude to be like if they're in a good mood and I'm calling mm. them crying mm -hmm. that's not nice but then I have to realize that I'm also allowed to take up space in this world <laughs> and that's why I went to therapy <laughs> that's fun yeah that's a fun little thing whereas I feel like I was told so much of like you're very moody keep it inside and then now I have to like not like force myself but be like oh I don't have to feel guilty about having my moods where it's like my moods are pretty internal as well. Like I'm pretty like focused yeah, on myself. It's like your moods are probably just you like, like um, digesting your emotions. Whereas yeah. I never even get to feel my emotions because I'm trying to prevent a mood from happening. <laughs> it's like, but it's the same. And I was also like, I was a very, um, crybaby child i was a crybaby too I was a and so i think i think i think my parents reaction to that was just like you need to stop crying all the time like right. and then and i probably internalized that interestingly interesting yeah i was a little stuck like i was a kid that was scared to do sleepovers and shit like that um oh yeah really we, we, we did the problem again where we watched a movie where we both have seen it we just want to get like, to the good parts <laughs> yeah i know we're just like all right i get it lawyers well look, i like, really I like this lawyer really this guy's if I if I could, I would have nominated everyone. I would have nominated Ray Liotta. I would have nominated Alan Alda. I would have given all the awards to Alan Alda. And it's a crime. Alan Alda's fantastic in this. It's a crime against humanity that Alan Alda didn't get nominated. Like, who was nominated for supporting? I feel like some, there definitely were supporting actor nominations that could have been switched out for Mr. Alan Alda. I, I feel like somewhere deep inside me, there's a little person, and that person is just an upper... Uh, like an Upper West Side Jew, and I have the same taste as him. Because, like, I love Alan Alda and everything. I'll watch, like, the most itchy sweater bullshit. <laughs> um, you and John Mulaney, right? That's John yeah, Mulaney yeah, was yeah, just yeah. doing like, Alan Alda. In... Yeah. Like, like watching um, Oh, Hello, like, there's a lot of jokes about their taste. I'm like, well, I kind of... There's a part of me that really likes that stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the best ever, though, when I went to go see Oh, Hello on Broadway... 
So it was when my yeah. sister had surgery. So we were all in New York for like a month. It was a really yeah. long time. And um, uh, our neighbor, Rochelle, came and she took me to see a show. She asked me, what show do I want to see on Broadway? It was really nice. So I asked if I could go see Oh Hello. And she was mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't want to see like Fiddler on the Roof? And I was like, no, I I really want to see Oh Hello. I've seen, a, I've seen Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, I was like, because she really wanted to see Fiddler on the Roof. I feel bad. So I get there and she's invited her New York cousin. And Steely Dan is playing in the yeah. thing. And like the minute we sit down, the cousin says like, ah, oh, Steely Dan, I saw this concert, uh, like the recording in like 1990, whatever. And like one of the first lines is John Mulaney going, Steely Dan, I saw this concert and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, they're lampooning him. Yeah. And so he did not get it at all. He didn't understand what was funny. Oh my God. And, or he was offended. <laughs> I felt so bad. There's so many, like, there's so many, like, jokey jokes in that show, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the fact that John Mulaney's undercurrent of his character is that he's the jinx and that he's murdered. Yeah. All I kept thinking when I was watching it is, like, John Mulaney is the best writer in the world and Nick Kroll is the best performer. Nick Kroll, I wish Nick Kroll would just stop trying to write. Yeah. Holy fuck. Oh, you didn't see him. No, I got kicked out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, should we tell the story? Yeah, tell it, tell it. Uh, Kalinko and I spent a magical summer together. <laughs> um, <no we> spent- <laughs> that, was, that was fun. I mean, honestly, it was so much fun. It was it so was much fun, fun, especially because we knew we were kind of we were kind of stealing. We're kind of like did a caper to get to just for laughs. So listen, we got into JFL. I don't know who got us there. I think I figured it out halfway through, and I still haven't thanked her. But it's too late now. Uh, we got to JFL. We got to party every night. We had our little fate. We had our we had our real passes, and then we were able to like piggyback off of other people's passes. Yeah, it's a real Toronto turnout this year at JFL in Montreal. And um, with their passes, you get to go watch any shows. However, there were a couple of shows like Trevor Noah and like basically the really really big names that we weren't allowed to see for free. And so we heard about Nick Kroll doing stand-up, but it wasn't in the immediate area. We had to walk like probably like 25 minutes. It was nice. It was a nice day. Beautiful day. We walked to go see him and we just walked right in and we thought that it was first come first serve. And then slowly we realized that like, oh, people have tickets with like seat numbers on them. Mm. And then we were like, oh, are we not supposed to be here? Like, did we sneak in? And Alex, okay, so I'll say my point of view, and then Alex will defend himself. And Alex was like, well, I'm going to go ask. And I said, don't ask. We'll just wait for the show to start, and wherever there's an empty seat, we'll sit. And Alex was such a (laughs) goody-goody. This is not good. Never mind. He couldn't take it, and he had to go ask. And when he asked, he got kicked out. And I said, sorry, I'm not getting kicked out with you. I I said, no, then stay. Okay, so my defense is that I had seen two shows without you where it was a ticketed thing, and I just showed them my pass, and it's like, oh, sorry, they print you a ticket, and they have a whole section for people who have passes, which was nice because I met a couple of, like, contacts, which didn't end up panning out at, like, a Pete Holmes show and, like, one of, like, the, the, the new formats thing. Oh, and so yeah, I yeah. assumed I would just go, and they just print out some tickets for us, and we'd have, like, we'd go sit in the, like, the pass section. And then when I went to go ask them, they're like, oh, no, that's not here. And they just wouldn't let me back in. And I was like, oh, okay. Because my, my other thing was like, if I didn't go and then we didn't get tickets, then we're all going to get kicked out. Yeah. So then 
I said, I don't want to get kicked out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I said stay. I wasn't mad. Yeah, so then uh, my karma was Nick Kroll had maybe the worst stand-up show I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I fell asleep because it was so boring. <laughs> and it was so, like, profoundly unfunny, except for this one part where he, like, he, he's, like, one of, like, five kids. And all of his siblings have, like, five kids each. So he literally has, like, 20 nieces and nephews. And so he just has a very funny bit about his like the what it's like to take care of a kid between the hours of feeding them dinner and putting them to bed. And as a babysitter, it really, it really, it really stuck. <laughs> but it was so bad. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. And and uh, Alex really dodged the bullet. Nick Kroll, like it was really not. Oh no, my headphones are starting to die. Um, also, okay, so here's the deal. Adam Driver's character yes. has an affair. With the with costume. Yeah. yeah. In a theater company that his wife is a part of, that he's yes. created. What the fuck is wrong? Like, what the fuck is, like, are they both the stupidest people in the world? That is like, like, that is like kind of like sleep with your roommate energy, where it's like you do it and you're just gonna like, you're just down the line gonna cause trouble, you know? As if she wouldn't, like, first things first, we all know us theater folks, we fucking love to gossip. <laughs> like, people <laughs> gossip regardless when there's nothing to gossip about. So imagine if something like this would destroy a theater company. And also, yeah. like, wouldn't you feel so sad for the wife? I don't know. I couldn't do it. I, 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 can, I, can, I can do it. Kalenko, you hear it here first. I can't have a wow. girl with a married man. Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, no. I, I inhaled weirdly when I left. I um, love Wallace Shawn. I love Wallace Shawn. We should have done, we should do my dinner with Andre eventually. I've never seen it. Oh, we should definitely do my dinner with Andre then. You'll love I, it. I only know the community. community. <laughs> <laughs> with my favorite joke of all time, which is. They said it was market price. What market are you shopping at? <laughs> I think about that joke often. Oh my god, that episode! Fuck, it's a great. We're gonna watch that tonight. What have you been watching in these uh, times? Uh, I I never finished Twin Peaks. I never did season three, so I'm starting Twin Peaks from the beginning. Like the real Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I've watched episodes one, two, and three already, and like honestly, don't like it as much as I remember liking it. Uh, I feel like it's probably gonna like taken for a spin at this point you know like everyone's kind of copied it but i also remember like season two starts a little stronger that's not interesting uh <laughs> oh i'm watching the other two which is oh, some i love good, it i finished some good, like, uh, 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 they don't make sitcoms like that anymore and it can even where it's just like funny but there's, there's nothing to it it's just cheap and jokes you know why it's written by saturday it's written by sketch comedians yeah yeah and, um, and even then, I can see the, the the studio notes of like the stuff like like how did the dad die and like the emotional shit in it. Where I'm like, this show does not need it. Like this show. Oh, I mean, the only emotional thing they do is with the brother. The brother. Uh, the brother's like relationship stuff. I feel like the the, the older no, brother. The, the dad stuff is all. God, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, of course. That's like the hidden mystery throughout the entire show. Yeah, which is like unnecessary. And they're trying to build. I'm sure a lot of this stuff, like, it's actually a perfect show for me to, like, people, like, at our level, like, trying to develop. You can see everything that was a note. You can see yes. the jokes that were actually there. It's a very, like, obviously written piece yeah. of work. Yes. It makes a lot and of it, sense. 
that that is probably why I like it. And the similar of like I like Mollison doesn't dislike it, but she's like, oh, there's nothing really for me here. It's like, oh, it's that's so funny. Yeah, fun. Adele didn't like it either, and I was shocked. Uh, she she was just kind of like, oh, it's like funny here and there, but it's like it's not like funny enough for you to give a shit about it. It's also not like character enough for me to give a shit about it. I'm like, I think a little bit what both me and you're connecting to is just like, oh, they don't make shows like this. And also like when it's boring, we're just pulling it apart. Yeah, it's also like very... When it's boring, I'm just truly like dissecting it. It's very 30 Rock. It's like there's joke, joke, joke. And Ken Marino is the greatest. Ken Marino's so fucking funny. Oh my God. But that's like, you have you watched Party Down? Yes, I love Party yeah, Down. Yeah, like that. He's playing the exact same character. Yes, I know, and, and I, I still love it. Party Down is like one of my all-time. Favorite yeah, Party Down's great. It's such a the episode, show. the Ken Marino's high school reunion, is one of the funniest half hours of television for my money. Oh man, is that the second season? Yes. Yeah, that's with Karen from Will and Grace. When they yes. replaced Jane Lynch, and you're like, "Fuck, they lost Jane Lynch," but then they just replaced her with Megan Mullally. Like, yeah. way to like fucking <laughs> like. Yeah. It's just the best thing in the world. Uh, the yeah, um, I, I just want to talk about how good that episode of Party Down is. Like the the, it's so good that at the that like all the plot lines get funnier as it goes on, and that's such a rare thing. Like it's it's so hard to write. Like that's like we both know it's really fucking hard to write that where it's not like you peek at the first act and you're kind of like following it through. Or it's like kind of dull, kind of dull, and your third act's great. Um, and then it's so good that the funniest part of the whole thing is at the very end after the credits where drunk Ken Marino, after chugging it, comes out and then just, uh, and like after uh, What's-Her-Face gets rejected by the high school football coach, she like tries with Ken Marino and he's so drunk, he vomits so much as she cries. And she and he starts screaming, call an ambulance as she's just crying. And I'm like, this is, like I was laughing through this whole episode, like out loud laughing, which is honestly, as we all know, kind of rare to watch TV, like to like get a like big laughs out loud watching by yourself. And that made me cackle. <laughs> but saying call an ambulance is just a very funny, um, <sighs> Uh, joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just like that as a punchline. Yeah. Okay, so here's the part in the movie where uh, Adam Driver is starting just to be frustrated by having to take care of a child. <laughs> Single dad Adam Driver is, this is my favorite. I watch a whole movie of Adam Driver just having a list of errands and a kid. <laughs> well, to be <laughs> honest, it's not 100% his fault. It's because it's he's not at home, right? Like he's having yeah. to do this in a new city. So it's on top of like, he has zero support. And like, Scarlett Johansson has all the support. She's literally living with her sister and her yeah. mom. It's it, This feels more like Die Hard or like Breaking Bad to me than like Marriage Story, where you're watching a guy in trouble and just does he solve it. Also, how far away is this fucking ticket thing if Adam yeah, Driver's long-ass arms can't reach it? <laughs> it's Oh, it starts back. I love this. Like, well, this like, is like, all my favorite. This is just the thing of him being like, you know, in New York, I don't drive. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's always carrying so many things. It's I love it. Yeah, that's me though. I'm I'm just like him actually. <laughs> um, I've never been to LA as an adult. The last time I went, I used to go all the time because my uncle lived there. So last yeah. time I went, I was 14. But movies don't portray it in a nice light. Being there, I've been there as an adult a couple of times, and it's not great. It is. It is 
if getting anywhere is a frustration. Right. Everything's so far away. Everything's everything takes 20 minutes longer than you think it should. Getting yeah, anywhere like in LA it's not fun is to a visit. frustration. Sorry? Because my uncle, God, what a life he led. He fucking um lived in Santa Barbara, Malibu, or Santa Monica. Those and are also so we never, nice places. Yeah, but because we were young, we never really went anywhere. We just hung out in his mansion. Yeah. And it was I, great. Santa Barbara's so stunning. Oh my god. This is the LA that I know. Like Yeah. It's really ugly. It always looks like you're somewhere in an alleyway. I just All feel of LA like, looks like a strip mall. Yeah. It's, just, strip it's, just, it's like someone built a strip mall that never stopped. Because even that movie, the only movie I've ever seen that like kind of showed LA in a loving light was 500 Days of Summer. And I still thought that it was okay. It still had like an immense loneliness to it. I just, it's so funny yeah. because like it's Hollywood, right? Like it's where movies come yeah. from. But movies are never really set. I guess there's a lot of LA movies. movies. Yeah, but La they're La filmed Land. in studios. What were you gonna say? La La Land. <laughs> that was all studio. Um, uh, a movie that I can think of that I think puts LA in a. I'm going to say loving light, but you'll understand what I mean by this. Did you ever see Tangerine? Oh no, but it's the person who did the Florida Project, right? Thunder, yeah. That was all filmed on like iPhones. Yeah, and it's like about two. Uh, prostitutes in LA uh and it's like I think like LA is as oppressive as every other thing in this in the movie but it's like it's like their city like they like they, it feels alive in a way that right. a lot of movies don't anyway we're talking right through Alan Alda being I know we've just introduced Mr. Alan Alda he has see he's 450 an hour and he's like the shittiest version of a lawyer comparatively yeah that's this movie really showcases like the double standard of how like why would adam driver have to pay for her lawyer she's making just as much money as him <laughs> he's too cute I, I i hope he's doing well i've been told to, to listen who was i talking with he was like I don't know, hang out with someone. When you remember, when we could hang out with people that I don't remember. I miss it so, so much. much. Oh my god! This also is making like this like Skype conversation harder. Is that I have this feeling of just like I feel like I'm just on a Skype call with you, and I'm like not trying to be interesting. Like I'm just like all I've been doing is Skype calls. I know it's it's actually kind of hard for me because I keep looking over to you the way, but I was like, no, you should be looking at the television because you should. I mean, when we're on the couch together, we're just staring at each other and no, paying attention to the movie. I'm staring at the TV and you are looking at me, and it's all. Like, yeah. <laughs> um someone's gonna get a still of us doing the podcast and it's gonna look insane because it's gonna be like you watching a movie and me just like eyes on you <laughs> get out of here yeah because you're one of those you're like my friend stella you watch to see how the person's reacting to the thing i need I it so, so bad. bad yeah yeah i know but I, my issue is i don't No do comedy that. shows is really just putting a strain on me and mal's relationship because right now she is my comedy show oh boy my whole issue is fucking um, all I want in life is to fall asleep during movies. The fact that we've been able to do this and I've only fallen asleep in one movie and it's I because you what's the second one? First one, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, I remember you doing that. Because, but that's because we weren't we recording. Weren't Alex made yeah. me actually watch it. And let me tell you, 
you don't want me to actually watch a movie because I'll fall asleep. I'll fall asleep right right immediately. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I was just to waiting say, to fall asleep. So the I'm only cusp at all times. Sleep, yeah, at all times. If I ever got a concussion, you'd really have to watch out for me. Um, <laughs> my whole thing is the only thing that makes me happy right now to watch. I was thinking is. Mm. Broadway shows like clips and there's actually I there's an app like a streaming service but it's fucking like $17 a month that's really a lot but I could watch recorded Broadway and I'm getting to that point because it's the only thing that makes me truly truly happy and um I'm 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 almost close to maybe rewatching the first season of Glee and that means we're we've entered a weird part in my life right now yeah you, yeah, yeah you, you gotta, gotta pull, pull up, up please still can <laughs> I just want to see people sing and dance that are talented. That's Love crazy. single dad driver. He's he's really struggling. Um, my sister does this meditation class every day now, and mm-hmm. they'll have like a little talk. And she's telling me that it's a lot of like suburban moms from Etobicoke that are a <laughs> part of it. And she says it's yeah. really it's interesting. She's like it's just like a look into a life that she has no. Well, uh, as a boy of Etobicoke from the suburbs please let me know what, what well, are they talking about one of them that reminds me of marriage story was talking about the fact that she is getting a divorce but they're living together right now because of the quarantine yeah and that the the daughter is really scared and she's a baby still she's like three or four so she can't formulate she doesn't know why she's so scared but she just knows that she wants the mom to put her to sleep every night but the dad is being a real dick and is saying like, no, she, I have to put her to sleep when it's my night. Like I have to do this. And so now what the mom's done is just doesn't even respond when the dad's being like that and just puts the baby to sleep. Like doesn't listen, just picks up the kid and puts her to bed because they're stuck. That's in some real Atomico hours right there. But I just think like, what else are you supposed to do? Like, why is the dad being oh, like that's such ego to be there's like, like a. Etobicoke is like a, an H.P. Lovecraft town. That there's like this undercurrent of like a dark energy of everyone has to be perfect and the best when they all are in fact dirt monsters. And there's the and everyone will say the word property values to each other. And like that's that's what Etobicoke is. Yeah, it's, I I could have been an Etobicoke person. Did I tell you that when I was a kid, my parents sold their house and we moved to like a really big place in Etobicoke and then a year passed and my mom said that she was so depressed she couldn't physically handle it so then they bought the house but they lived in until they bought the condo <laughs> that feels like a yeah there's a there's a it's an HP Lovecraft like horror like it's just either you fit into that um um either you fit into that or you don't and my parents did not fit into it yeah and I and I, and I also don't think my parents did and then as older retired people they kind of fit into the older retired etobicoke crowd which is people who like move there later or have lived there forever but then i think like people my age are like me and philippe or like uh cosentino who was on the top gun episode of that had at some point just had to either lean in or give up on etobicoke yeah of like like, like this yeah i gave up i think all three of us gave up that's why we're still friends of like but we also just understand something of this occult horror that is a topico uh this um 
podcast is brought to you by Natura. Natura. Organic fortified soy beverage. Chocolate. It's the snack that I'm having while we're doing this. Oh, I need a snack. How much more movie we got? An hour? I'm sorry I picked such a long... Hey, it's a real Vitae pick. It's emotional. It has Scarlett Johansson in it. I want to do Uncut Gems, but <laughs> there's no way you're going to make it through Uncut Gems. Make you watch what? Uncut Gems. I can't. My um, my anxiety won't allow it. <laughs> it, it. It made me feel really anxious that day in a way that made me feel unsafe. But all I keep thinking about is when this is all over, my anxiety, I'm just going to be so proud of it. You know, like I'm going to not feel it like the way that I feel. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be more acute than it's ever been. I hope that's not true. If that's true, then I'll medicate. I can't take anymore. I ordered some CBD oil. Hopefully that'll help. Yeah. Interesting choice, Scarjo. She goes for the nice nerd after after uh, Adam Driver, who's also a nerd. This, feel, this feels like Noah Bambach writing what he thinks happens. Mm. This is the scene where I was on a Tinder date. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was on this Tinder date, it was going well. I found him attractive. I thought that he was nice. He was like a theater guy. And and this movie had just come out. So we were talking about it. And out of the blue, he brings up, he's like, so yes, we are talking about Marriage Story. But let's say I'm talking about, I don't know, like the, the fight scene or something like that. And then he was like, hey, remember that scene where like Scarlett Johansson's in the car making out with that guy? And he asks, she asks him to finger her. And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess I remember that scene. And he's like, yeah, isn't that like interesting? And I was like, um, well, I guess she said that because she's coming off a divorce and didn't feel like being penetrated. And he's like, oh, yeah, maybe that's why. No, I think he was real into a woman telling him what to do. Yeah. So then after that, I got so weirded out and legitimately ended the date. Really? I, I He went to the bathroom. I texted a friend. Being like, this guy just said this and it made me feel unsafe. And then and then I just, I felt unsafe. Like, at, he, like it's like he opened the box and it couldn't be put back in. Man, I just thought that. on a dime. And then I talked about this on the Bedpost podcast, which you guys should listen to, which I was on this week. It's a Sonar mm-hmm. podcast. You can have Aaron on. Anyways. Um, and I said, and she said, it's because he started to talk about sexy things without your consent because you need consent to talk about sexy things as much as doing sexy things. And I was like, yeah, I never thought of it like that. Because you want to talk about sexy stuff? Cool. Just, you know, compliment me first. Say something nice about me. And then I'll understand what you're talking about. <laughs> Just nice hair. So finger blasting is... <laughs> it can't be out of the blue. Tell to me that you don't know how to order, that you're such yeah. a little baby boy, and that you've never figured out how to order. What is that about? Is that being a baby? Is that having everyone do stuff for you? The thing that bugs me about this is that everyone's ordering a salad for lunch, which is absurd. That's the most L.A. thing to happen, that everyone gets a salad for lunch. Yeah, I want the Chinese chicken salad. You ever had a Chinese chicken salad before? No, it, it sounds made up. It's not. It's it's chopped and it's delicious. <laughs> like, it's, they said if it was sandwiches and salads and then everyone ordered a salad is the most L.A. thing. Yeah, of course. Bread is bad. Oh, my God. I'll tell you what I've been 
what media I've been in taking this entire time. Oh, no. I'm reading Jessica Simpson's Jesus. memoir. It's so friggin' good. <laughs> John Mayer is a psychopath. Everyone knows that. Yeah. That's facts. But he's a psychopath in the way that's like, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. Basically, every time she had a major event, he'd break up with her via email. He broke up with her over email, over text. And then he would do things like he'd send her an email. He's such a little melodramatic piece of shit. He'd yeah. break up with her by email at like 1130 at night. And then yeah. at one in the morning would send her a love song. <laughs> so she'd be like, well, what the fuck? Like, are we broken up? Like, what is that? And yeah. then it just got to the point where she was she completely took a break from her career and just like followed him on tour to be like, okay, I can do this because when I was pursuing my own stuff, it made him break up with me. So like now I'm going to try and like do this. And then he would do things like it would be Valentine's Day on the tour. And and he'd say, oh, I don't believe in Valentine's Day and like not hang out with her and like make her feel like shit. And then um, would like two days later, they're driving somewhere and he would stop outside of Tiffany's and buy her a necklace. Like why? Just stick, just stick to your guns. Don't believe in Valentine's Day and stay not believing in Valentine's but, Day. But like he had to manipulate every situation. He had to make sure she felt uneasy at every turn. Oi, oi, oi. This is the one where he tells the joke, right? And then he's like, "Is this on the clock?" Yes, yes. Yeah. Also, what is this room they're in? It's on purpose, right? Is this at Laura Dern's office or is this a court? I don't remember. I think it's Laura Dern's office. Yeah, so they put them in the ugliest office. Yeah, yeah. This was this... just a big clock and no windows. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this office is literally either is literally a metaphor and literal. It, it has a very, uh, like, the energy of, like, a Brecht play. <laughs> yeah, like... it's on purpose, but he's also been in that room. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't. I just love. And like. <laughs> Alan Aldo feels like he should always be eating nuts. Oh, like my he God. He should always just have loose nuts he's shoving in his face. He is the human embodiment of like lint in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Alan Alda so is like a lost button. Like Alan yeah. Alda is just—he's a crumpled just a, up you tissue. You find a button and you put it on the bureau because you're not sure where it goes. Yeah, he's too lovely. He's just my favorite. Is there a door to this room? Like, is there? Gone, there's no ceiling. They've done like 360 of this room and there's no door. Yeah, you know what this is? This is when the movie turns into um, Waiting for Godot. Yeah. Would I watch Waiting for Godot with Adam Driver and Alan Alda? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you put that idea in my head now, and now I want it so bad. It's all I can think about. It's all I can think about. <laughs> Holy shit, that'd be so fun. Oh, yeah. I have It'd good ideas. Six hours? They'd fucking take time. Why won't people let me um, make theater, huh? They won't let me audition for it, I'll tell you that much. Really? I applied to, I'm not joking, maybe like five. I applied to five theater companies, general auditions, that had cover letters and everything, and I didn't even get an audition. And um, it's just because I don't have 
like classical theater on my resume, but I am trained and I don't know about you, but I have way more stage time than any random theater actor who hasn't done oh, theater in a while. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, I always, we just have to like make our own theater and then yeah, go respect it. I guess. And then I even applied to audition for fringe shows, which I did get the audition to, but the audition was like literally March 1st. And like, I, I then all this all came yeah. through. And this, I also this could, fringe is going to be horrible. I mean, it's going to be, be a lot so of one man shows. Oh, sorry? It's going to be one man shows. I think a lot of people are going to throw stuff out the window and just do one man shows. 100%. It's going to be horrible. I don't need that many one man shows in my life. Uh, sorry, I'm watching the movie. So am I. Uh, this is one of those things where it's like she'll cut his hair. You you like you like defined like you like all or nothing roles. Well, so either you're together or you're not talking. Why and that, like, that is kind of the energy you love. You're like you can't divorce me and cut my hair, but it's like I I think that's like a reasonable thing to have. Whereas no. like you're like you're like you need to be all or nothing the whole time. No, well what I was going to say is like if you love that person, this is what marriage is. Like you work through this tough time and you stay married. Otherwise, you shouldn't have got people aren't good at working through anything. I know, but I'm just saying that, like, to me, that's what marriage is. You choose to work through the tough times. Otherwise, you just don't get married. Just don't get married. Yeah. Um, Because you've chosen this person that you want to hang out with for the rest of your life. And it's like she clearly has an affinity for him and loves him. Yeah. I don't know. But I do get that, like, he hurt her in a way that maybe he, the thought of, like, kissing him and having him around her makes her really upset. Because, like, clearly he needs her. Yeah. But men are... I mean, he also not... has, like, such a man-childness about him. But a lot but, of like... men are. It's it's the sad truth of how we raise... It's That's the patriarchy, right? Like, this is how we raise men. Yeah. I mean, I did say earlier that both my mom and ex-girlfriend would fill out forms for me. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm a I'm the baby of the family, so I get treated that way too. But I don't get treated like a baby in relationships. Like, and you know, and and, and you know, I I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> I was like so upset. Um, Look at Laura Dern's expertly highlighted hair. <laughs> Expert. Half the budget is on just making Laura Dern look like she has money. She does have money. Like, look at this. Look at the. I find that such a funny thing when when dresses are darted like that. So it's just to be like, and this is where your nipples are. <laughs> but she would never be in a tank top in the courtroom. She would be wearing her blazer. Well, she took it off when when Ray Liotta started going hard into the sexism. That was the kind of the joke of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He is such a dummy, Ray Liotta. He's such a piece of shit. But that's in real life or the character. The character, yeah. but the character is is that's so funny that he's the male version of Laura Dern, and immediately yeah. you're like not on his side. Yeah. No, I I, I love Ray Liotta's character in this. Like it's again like there's things I love about this movie, and like Ray Liotta's character is one of the highlights to me. I mean, I hope he's on good terms with Jennifer Jason Lee, and I hope like she's okay with this movie. I think it paints her in a nice light. Yeah, I think what to me this movie paints Noah Bam Bambach in the same light that I thought he was, which is kind of like selfish. I'm such a good boy. I've never been told I'm not smart. Um, well, you know his story, God. right? Like, did you watch the Meyerowitz whatever? 
No, I never watched that one. Yeah, so I heard Ray, Li- Ray Liotta. I heard Noah Baumbach on this podcast. This is our podcast corner on our podcast um, called Five Things with Lynn Schlerberger. I forget her name. <laughs> and uh, I think I talked about this during the Oscar thing. But his dad was like a really prolific, like a beautiful visual artist, but was a really bad businessman. But like his uncle was really successful. So it's like he's yeah. always been surrounded by these like arrogant artists. Types. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all he knows. So he's probably the lesser of the evils that he's come from. He's probably like a less annoying version. Imagine you got divorced so hard that you got money to make a movie about it. <laughs> I mean, how do directors make money? <laughs> like if so- like Noah Baumbach has made what? five movies six you know the the thing is like we think about it in very canadian terms we're kind of like you follow a movie from like beginning to end and then get like a big payout and then i don't know like teach speaking etc etc like other engagements from the fact you made this movie but in la and the u.s it's a different kind of system where like that's part of it but then also you'll be brought into like I don't know, write the script for Madagascar 3. Like, there's, a lot, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like rewriting jobs and like, right, yeah, jobs like there's, and like they would jobs. do, there's just more money flowing around that they'll bring in more creative people to look at something. Right, yeah. Whereas here, it's like, you're either, you like, I guess like Mina's a director, but she, but she also edits like to make, yeah. to make money. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand now, but still. Because, like, with acting, you know, you could yeah. technically, if you're successful, you could work all the time. Yeah. Whereas with directing, you can't because it takes time. Yeah, but a lot of, like, I, I mean, a lot of it's, like, you kind of get paid bigger, you know? And you're getting, like, back end on back a lot end, of stuff. yeah. So. You're getting, like, the DVDs and all that shit. Yeah. Although I'm curious to see what happens with, like, because, like, of streaming and shit. If, like, especially like Disney Plus, where like is Disney Plus gonna play back end on the fact that they bought their own movie for streaming? I doubt it. I don't get it. Or Netflix, similar. Like Netflix bankrolled this movie. A lot of people watch it. Does Noah Baumbach make money? I don't think so. No, Noah Baumbach signed a deal with Netflix that's gonna make him a ton of money over the years. He's like a NBA player now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Same sense. with Adam Sandler. Like, cause he oh, did yeah, this. Adam Sandler he one, did yeah. the Meyerowitz stories. Like anyone who who does it like maybe martin scorsese won't direct a bunch but he's probably for sure producing a bunch of netflix movies well he like, produced uh, uncut gems like that probably led to it being oh netflix. did he produce yeah so it's it's this thing oh i bet i thought uncut gems was a part of like adam sandler's thing. you know uncut gems isn't on netflix in the states what yeah it's not on netflix like because my sister was saying they that she was it. i know it's not on like she was like oh i rented it and i was like why did you rent it? It's on Netflix. And she's like, no, it's not. And I was I, like, we I got bet you ne- your sisters didn't search for it, right? No, like, no, it's true. They looked and then we Googled it. It's not on Netflix in the States. Wow. It doesn't make any sense. I guess, you know, it's probably some like joint, like A24 is a different thing in the States. Maybe it's stupid. But anyways, that's how they're getting paid. Like, I'm sure Noah Baumbach will release like two other movies in the next five years. Yeah, probably. Through, through Netflix. Um, this is the fight. Here we go. I didn't realize oh, that yeah. the fight comes before the weirdo. <laughs> that woman's also one of my favorite actors. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because it's because of the fight that he kind of like 
doubles down on it. But uh, uh, oh. this, me and me and Philippe Demas can do the back half of this fight. We have Daddy? it all memorized. We learned it for 2040, and we did it well. We called it the spicy story. Oh my god, being, I'm like, so be, jealous. I want to do it. <laughs> we, uh, we were like, we want to be better actors, but we have hard times crying. So we're gonna do an emotional scene while eating habanero peppers. Oh my so god, we'll you guys are so smart. I wish I did this. <laughs> and then we like we memorized it, and like honestly, it was impossible. We made it like we jumped a huge chunk because we we're like, oh, oh, just get it done. Like it was so spicy. It's so perfect for the theater. This couldn't be a more yeah. theatrical fight on camera. Did you see, uh, 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 sorry, uh, who do you think I played? Adam Driver. <laughs> no, you played ScarJo? No. Yeah, we thought it was funny. Oh, but okay. in hindsight, I could do it like Philippe should have been ScarJo. He acts more like ScarJo. Yeah, like Adam Driver. Silly. Like in hindsight, we're like, oh, it, it would have been a better scene if I was Adam Driver and you were ScarJo. But it was the two of us acting against It would have been way better act. to watch you punch a wall than Philippe. <laughs> I was also like, we were doing it and we give each other notes. But it's basically us being like, oh, no, do it like how I would do it. Like, That's we so really funny. fucked that up. We thought it was funny of, like, me not playing Adam Driver, but in hindsight, stupid. Hold on. I'm trying to figure out what makes them fight because they're having a very nice conversation right now. Oh, it's because she wants to stay in L.A.? Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, this is probably, like, to me, like, the centerpiece of the film. I think it kind of... Yeah, yeah. This like, is why the they movie, both the got nominated for Academy of, Awards. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it's a... And I'm sure it probably started as kind of a, almost like a short film or like a little loose piece or some of, of the script that is this. And it's like, maybe it was like the idea was a play or something. Yeah. And then it became the rest of this movie. Um, because it, 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 it's like 10 minutes, 12 minutes altogether. Uh, and it ramps very nicely. Yeah. And even though it is theatery, it doesn't feel theatery. And I don't know what choices were made by who to make it do that but it doesn't even though it is very theatery it doesn't really it feels like it's part of a movie it doesn't feel like it's theater you know yeah no it definitely fits in with the movie and it definitely this is what the movie was working towards i just can't believe that there's more movie after this there's like so much more movie after this i know we're like 40 minutes of this fucking thing that's okay what what literally what else do we have to do this why are they both comparing that. each other to their parents it's such a bad I'll see my, I'll see my sister sometimes be with her husband, and she'll say stuff that in the back of my mind I'll be like, "Ooh, she's itching for a fight, huh?" Like she'll, <laughs> she'll say something that I'll just be like, Whoa. <laughs> I That is one of my favorite things to watch is watch couples pick fights with each other. Yeah. Like, because I, I watched Midsummer recently. There's a scene where Florence Pugh starts a fight with her shitty boyfriend, where it's just like, you would do that. And, and like, oh, I love it. That's it exactly so right, happy. though. She's dead on when she says that. I can't believe that that Noah Baumbach had the gall to write out that he lost his 20s by being married to a Scarlett Johansson. You know, like. I know, right? The gall. Like, who was he going to fuck, you fucking piece of shit? So people are like crazy for Adam Driver. Like, they're so. Like, he's like the number one internet boyfriend right now. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I once listened to a New York boyfriend, (laughs) Alex. I don't think you're exploiting what you have going on for you. (laughs) Just dating my girlfriend. Yeah, that's about (laughs) it. (laughs) Just know that you're a type right now and try to get out there and do some uh, some auditions. I tried and they, they I would get brought in for things that like 
and they're like, oh, no, no, we don't want this. Like, they, they, this, I don't know, man. I'm also not a good actor. Like, I'm not, like, a good actor. Well, you should go to acting school because I think you're very hireable right now. No one wants budget Adam Driver. I lost stuff because I looked like Adam Driver. Lost stuff? Because, like, oh, he looks too much like Adam Driver. We can't put him in this commercial. We can't put him in this, like, whatever. That's so funny. I don't think you look so much like him. I think you have an essence of him. You know what's funny? I get told that I look like Scarlett Johansson, so the two of us together are married. <laughs> <story>. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't even think about that till right now. That's very funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I'm a budget ScarJo, and you're a budget. Yeah, no, you we're, look more we're like all Adam Driver. A marriage story. I think you look more like Adam Driver than I look like Scarlett Johansson because I think if I look like Scarlett Johansson more, uh, my life would be a little different. <laughs> when I when I have long hair, I look a lot like Adam Driver. Wow. When I no, there's nothing I could do to look more like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> it's either my face or it's not. What is this? This is so like Scarlett Johansson was so clearly in Woody Allen films at such a seminal point of her acting career. Yeah, I mean, I liked Matchpoint. I love Matchpoint. I like Scoop. I, again, you said that I do not understand. I like Scoop. It, too bad wrong. it's a Woody Allen film because that is definitely something that we would watch on this. <laughs> oh, you, like I like obviously I don't like Woody Allen, but I, there's Woody Allen movies I, I I quite like. And Scoop is not even in the conversation. Honestly, Scoop has one of the best runs of joke, joke, joke that Woody Allen films had in years. No. Like, Bananas is, like, the best he does at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not comparing Woody Allen to 70s Woody Allen. We're comparing him to, like, 90s Woody Allen. Look, not, there's a lot of jokes and very few hits. <laughs> he has a thing where he says, I was raised uh, under the persuasion of Judaism, but I converted to narcissism. <laughs> That's not a good joke, and you're losing it over it's it. It's a great joke. Ugh. Ugh. Too bad he's the worst. And then, did you hear the most recent about him? No. He was going to write a, a memoir, and it got published, like, or green, whatever the version of Greenlit, okay. uh, by a publishing house. But guess who the publishing house also published? Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrell. So Ronan Farrell <laughs> said... If you publish this, I'm taking all my stuff with me. And so they immediately yeah, like, like dropped, dropped Woody Allen's stuff. That's oh my so God, funny. look at Laura Dern's tight little body in this dress. Again, I feel like there's like a, like there's like a, like, you know, you have the budget and you have the different like lines. I feel like a full line item was just Laura Dern's wardrobe and makeup. Yeah, for like, sure. Everything about she's wearing is so expensive. But the wardrobe you don't spend money on. That that stuff gets borrowed, no? For Laura Dern, they spend money. I mean, the makeup, yeah. Her makeup's all like Chanel, YSL. You can tell. The difference between her makeup and ScarJo's makeup is huge. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's fine. What was I watching where this... Oh, you know what movie... You know that movie Game Night? Yes. I watched it for the first time. It's fucked Did you like up. It? Mm, it was very much a movie. If that makes uh, any sense. Yeah, I, I, it was better than it had any right to be. Well, it's written by the guys that wrote Horrible Bosses, which is the the nerd from Freaks and Geeks. Martin Starr? <laughs> no, the little one, the brother. Lindsay oh, Lewis's really? brother, yeah, John Daly. 
His name is also John Daly. Yeah, it's going to be like, that's not what that's the same John Daly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, when I watch it, it's like, it, it's just to me, I just feel like, oh my God, there's so much blood. I know. Uh, for me, it just feels like it's the type of screenplay that it's like two guys in a room. Like, it just doesn't feel organic. Oh, yeah. It feels like they're just pumping out a screenplay to pump out a screenplay. Yes. And that it, is 100%. Yeah, and it's not that funny. And they add jokes to it, but the jokes are really, like, to appeal to the broadest audience. It's not authentic, I guess, would be my issue. Yes. And like I, all, and no one's a real person. No. I think of... Um, sorry, Game Night was the one where, like, they Jason have to, Bateman. like... They say what? Jason Bateman. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, I confused that one with The House as well. Oh, The House is a funny premise, but I haven't seen it. It's, It's got jokes in it. Um, what's his name? It's a full, uh, Jason Manzoukas is great in it. Yeah, Jason Manzoukas keeps, like, anytime he gets these major movies, the movies flop so hard. Yeah. Like, he did The Dictator, and then he did... Oh, yeah. Oh, I think of uh, for game night. It reminds. I remember we watched the movie with Anthony Hall Warrior, where he's saying that was like had like four writers and they like would write a scene with like the national playing. <laughs> yeah. Game night. Game night has that same energy of a script. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It, there's just something about it. It, it. it thinks it's really cool too. Which is so because it's such a like. Basic. Like, it's very yeah. basic. And it acts, and yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. You know what? It's how I felt about Knives Out too. I was not a fan of Knives Out. I I liked, didn't love Knives Out. I thought Knives Out had more idiosyncrasies than Game Night did. Like it had more like personal touch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> what is this? Why are they singing? Oh, they're singing. Um, what are you, Sondheim? Yeah. Yeah. This is also like some big LA energy of like performing in a living room. I mean, I used to do this with my sister and our shared best friend Natalie when we made that first wives class. But we but wouldn't were, sing, sing. We would mouth. We were full children, not grown adults. Oh my god, the kids are really cute. Scarjo's pants—they are hard to wear. Scarjo's kind of dressed very, like, male. But I guess, yeah, you're right, like the 80s. Yeah. It's trying to make it look like, like Diane Keaton in, like, Annie Hall. Yeah. Mia Farrow-ish. Yeah. I just think, like, Scarlett Johansson has better taste than her talent level. Because, like, every movie she's in is great. And I think yeah, such classics as like Ghost in the Shell. And... <laughs> well, except for those that I don't understand. We, we've talked about this already, but like, yeah. why? Why does she have to die on that horse? <laughs> like, why? Boy, no, Ghost in the Shell is one where I was like, if you see the movie, like it is a plot point that she is white. Like it is like required of the movie uh, that she's not Asian. Oh. Uh, and I, th- I think it was a kind of blown out proportion, but that's also one of like seven roles. Right. Well, no, I don't know what else. She also like, once again, she just defended Woody Allen. She's just not yeah. doing her part 
for understanding how the world's working these days. Scarlett Johansson's haircut is no good. It's a real testament yeah, it, to how pretty she is that it's not even that noticeable how bad it is. It's it's got some. It's the same haircut that um, Matt Damon has through his early movies. I yeah, it's very Matt Damon in Good Will Hunting, and it's also Shailene Woodley in um, The Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> like huge. That haircut doesn't make any sense in Fault in Our Stars. It doesn't make like, any. Supposed to be like, oh, she's like going through chemo, and it's like she wouldn't even have that haircut. Like it's what? the thickest amount of short hair a person can have. Yes, I like the fault in our stars. I've been talking about John Green books more often recently, and I don't know why. That was like the book that made me stop reading John Green books, and maybe I aged out of it. Maybe uh, it's not good. I don't know. I like it. I mean, I've only read the fault in our stars, but I remember it being so readable. Oh, his, he's very, like, that's what I like about his, his prose is very readable. Yeah. Um, But then I was like. Oh, look, that's Peggy uh, from Hamilton. She went to theater school with my sister. Oh. But she was like a few years older. Yeah. She's the most beautiful voice. I love it so much. We're almost there, yeah? Yeah, we're almost there. Yeah, yeah, we're getting to the best part. What's the best part? When he sings. Oh, God. <laughs> it made me Watch cry it. the first time I watched it. Really? I was moved. It was moving. I mean, I thought, I think it's kind of funny that like he was like, oh, we'll have her sing a show tune, then him sing a different show tune. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand what that means. Other than the fact that like you've been watching a play this entire time. <laughs> like I don't really understand the art, um, the narrative point, but I understand the artistic merit. Also, have you watched that show Easy? Yeah, I fucking hate it. I, I think this 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 movie has a real big Easy feel to it. Well, no, Easy is made by Joe Swanberg. Yeah, who's like one of the early like mumblecore guys, right? Yeah, yeah. And then so is Bombax. So they're kind of in the same like era of directing, you know, or era of like indie filmmaking. Right. You put like him and you put like No Bombback, Joe Swamberg, and uh, the Duplass brothers all kind of in like the same indie film era, you know? Right. Okay. Just this. Yeah. I kind of liked Easy. I like the final season a lot. Uh, I watched only the first few episodes and it was kind of like, I don't like Joe Swamberg and then kept moving. Okay. I liked, yeah, I, I like the. Um... I really like the final season. I, I also find it insane they included almost the whole song in this. I think that's what makes it so good. That is what this movie is. It's just excessive. Yeah. Well. It's excessive. Let's not fuck around. The whole point of it is that this is his very personal, specific experience. And if you find something um, about it that you connect to, great. But if not, you're not going to like it. It's not trying to include you. Yeah. I don't know, man. I like it. But guess what? My favorite genre of movie is Rich New York. (laughs) (laughs) No, you also like Rich L.A. I'm okay about Rich L.A., but I really love Rich New York. What is Nancy Myers, if not Rich L.A.? Only one movie, and that's Rich Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, very different than L.A. (laughs) Uh, being alive. 
Big alive. He has such actor voice. Like my voice is trained and I can match pitch because my ear has been attuned to it. But I don't yeah. want to sit there and listen to his voice. No. He's not a great <laughs> singer. And neither am I. Well, if you train your voice enough, you can sound just like him. My God. Yeah, your voice is kind of like his, too. Yes. And my voice is kind of like Scarlett Johansson. Let's just do... Okay, our, our fringe play is us doing a real fucked up version of Marriage Story. Well, just the Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver scene, so we take out everything else. Like anything yes. with Laura Dern, blah, blah, blah. All yeah. that's gone. So it won't make a lot of sense. <laughs> it's just us fighting... <laughs> Being alive. Um, can I ask why being live on Instagram is such a thing now? Because people want comedy to come back and they don't understand what that was fun about live comedy. What's the difference between recording something and making it live? Well, well then you can like message them. It feels like they're doing live comedy. The funniest thing to me is like it'll be stand-ups going live and like doing jokes, doing like, live versions of like stand-up shows, and they still pause for laughs for like no reason. Ah, that's funny. They gotta practice. <laughs> they're crashing in bedrooms across Canada. <laughs> I wonder what it feels like having a kid living with them and then divorcing and only seeing them sometimes. <laughs> like it must be weird. <laughs> what? I wonder how this quarantine's affecting people with secret families. Oh my god, someone tweeted that the other day. Oh really? Yeah. And you know what? I don't fucking know. It must be hard. <laughs> it must be hard. Or affairs. Yeah. Just even just straight up affairs. Yeah. Like if the girl I didn't keep... know that she that he was having like if the other woman didn't know yeah, that yeah. he had a thing. I kept uh I keep doing this bit with Mollison where I'm asking her for for us to like uh have an open relationship in quarantine <laughs> just oh. like <laughs> just like like how are you gonna do that like what is your plan i don't know <laughs> you're just trying to start a fight for no reason i could try <clears throat> i keep getting um more so now than i ever did before is creepy people sl slipping in my dms the world's gotten hornier not my world you're you're the least horny you've been in years. And it better stay that way because I don't think I'm going to get to sleep with someone for a while. It's going to be at least three months. Yeah. It's going to be like what two... Makes my, which makes my bit of asking for an open relationship that much funnier. <laughs> but she will not laugh at it as hard as I want her to. Because she's and it's stuck, very frustrating. She's What's stuck her? inside with you. So maybe she doesn't have to laugh at everything you say. <laughs> Honestly, the, uh, Mark Little tweeted, um, what's my quarantine been like? Oh, I just cornered my girlfriend in the kitchen and asked her, am I an artist? God. And I'm like, I sent that to Maul and she's like, yes, that is exactly what it's like living with you. You know <laughs> what, Mark Little? <laughs> yeah. Shut up. <laughs> oh, I am. I, I, I like before we started the podcast, I was talking to Connor and Callum and we, the three of us just like, oh, yeah, we are driving our girlfriends up a wall. Well, just be happy that you have girlfriends. What can I say? Yeah, but we're we're all we've all created a personality out of uh, doing comedy to people, and had to then like take that away. We're like, 
I don't know how to do this. You're my whole. Are you per- kidding me right now, Alex? You don't know how to be a person. Yes. I also am a comedian. <laughs> You're talking to me as if I don't understand. No, but you. Here's what is you have a full personality and you also do comedy, whereas I have comedy. Then that's the well. Rest I of think that's the definition of marriage story here. <laughs> like you just uh, said, a mouthful. Yeah. That yeah. women have to develop outside of. We have to do it all to be considered. And you could just be this half person and have a beautiful, <laughs> perfect girlfriend. <laughs> no, you're a good person. I don't know, but uh, it's, again, it's it's me, Connor, and Callum, like three boys who I consider that most people be like, oh, they're the nice. We're pretty nice people with Callum's nice loving nice. partners. <laughs> Callum's <laughs> nice. <laughs> And all, and we just us being like, yeah, we're we don't know what to do, and we're just un- definitely annoying our girlfriends as we're like trying to do bits at them. See, now this ending made me cry a lot because first things first, I fucking love Randy Newman's score. I w- I'm gonna just pause you for a sec. I have subtitles on because like the Skype is so much louder than the movie. Uh, the the subtitles just said thoughtful music play. It is thoughtful, <laughs> but this this shot of the L.A. street. Yeah. Is so stunning. It's very LA. It's very LA. And it's and the thing about a bunch LA of that aren't native to it is the most LA part <laughs> of it. LA doesn't translate as well on screen, ironically. Because like the feeling that you get walking down that street is different. It comes across almost cold. Yeah. And most of LA is because like there's never anyone walking. It's if, if you're walking down anywhere in LA, it comes across as cold because there's no one there. Yeah, they're always it feels like quarantine. right now outside. It's interesting. I liked it. I mean, I would say I barely watch this. Yeah, honestly, we we aren't good at doing this podcast no, anymore. I barely. And then also, then adding this added complexity of Skype where we can't talk over each other is like really hard. It is hard. We have been talking over. I feel like I keep talking over you, and I'm trying to stop this hard. I do too, and I'm trying to stop. And we're just kind of slowing down our our pa- patented banter. This is beautiful. I love you, marriage story. Um, that was um, nice, Alex. I'm surprised you chose this. I again, I I like. This movie, I, my my first choice was Uncut Gems, which I'm sure we'd have pretty similar conversations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would I have a similar? No, I think that entire time, you know what my conversation would be? It would be that I hate gambling. I think yeah. Adam Sandler's character is stupid and dumb, and I love how much mention of the weekend is in the movie. Yeah, it's the it's it's a Uncut Gems is a great period piece for 2012. <laughs> Well, like, I wonder if the only reason why, um, the, oh, fuck, what was I just talking about? <laughs> God, kill me. We got it. We've been podcasting for so long. Um, nope, it's totally gone. Oh, well, uncut gems. We'll do it. We'll do it another time. Cut that out. We're, we're, we should do it. Like, it's a, it's an almost like, same with Marriage Story, almost a tailor-made movie for this podcast. Um. We'll do it not in ang- highly anxious times. That'll be our welcome back movie. Fine. Back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. All right. I'm done here. I'm, I'm tired. I got to eat. Yeah, I got to go pee. <laughs> All right. Okay, so wait. Okay. Okay, bye. Yeah. Bye. But wait, Alex, don't hang up on me. <laughs>